Man, we are glad to be here once again. This is Bishop Gary Oliver and my lovely wife, Dr. Noemi. Blessings, and thank you for joining us. We're so glad that you have joined the channel and, and are looking to see what powerful word God has for us today. Amen. And we know that God has a word for each of us. And, um, you know, the Bible says that God sent his word and healed our disease. Now, we know that the word that he sent is Jesus, the word that became flesh and dwelt among us. But I also believe that there are words or a word that can be spoken in due season that can register in someone's heart, someone's mind, someone's emotions, or reading the word, even picking up your scripture, reading the word, there's a word that can change your life and heal you in a moment. The Bible says in Hebrews that this word is alive, that it is sharp, it's quick, it's sharp as a two-edged sword, and it's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. That's why one day you read it, and it sounds like it says one thing, and the next day you can read the same scripture, and it says something totally different because it discerned where you were. And I want you to be prepared today because I believe that God has a word for us, and I believe that God is going to speak to us today. I want to talk to you just briefly uh, a little bit about some uh, steps of salvation that we're going we're gonna to get into here in just a moment. But before we do that, you know, I always like to sing something. And uh, there's an old hymn. Maybe we used to sing this in church when I was a kid. And we used to kind of make it bluesy-like. and uh, But I sure like the old hymn. And it says, I once was lost. In sin, over oh, Jesus took me in, and then a little light from heaven filled my soul. Yes, it did. Oh, it bathed my heart in love. And Jesus wrote my name above. I found that just a little talk with Jesus makes everything alright. You ought to try it sometime. I found that just a little talk with Jesus. You can tell him all about your struggle And he will hear our faintest cry And I promise you he'll answer by and by And when you feel a little prayer will turn in then you know there's a little fire that's burning I found that just a little talk with Jesus Makes everything alright Let's say that chorus one more time I found that just a little talk 
with Jesus. I can tell him all about my struggle, and he will hear my faintest cry. And oh, he'll answer by and by. And when I feel a little prayer will turn, then you know there's a little fire that's burning. I found that just a little talk with Jesus makes everything alright. I'm gonna say one more time that just a little talk with Jesus tell him all about your struggle and he will hear your faintest cry and I know he'll answer by and by and when you feel a little prayer will turn in somebody will know that you got a little fire that's burning I found it just a little dog Fiji I found I found that just a little talk with Jesus gonna say it again just a little talk with Jesus makes everything all right you ought to praise him right there in your house by yourself hallelujah you won't have to praise him by yourself because we'll help you right now <laughs> hallelujah man you can feel it when you hear those old hymns sometimes talking about some of those old precious truths and uh, you know there's something about hey, you don't hear terms like that anymore you know feel that little uh prayer wheel turning you know it's like it's, have you ever been in prayer and you just, you start praying and it's like you can't stop it. Right. It just wants to keep going. It's just like there's something that just begins to roll out of your spirit, you know, and you just keep praying and you keep praying and you keep praying. I know that we think sometimes praying in the Holy Ghost always means speaking in tongues, but I don't think it always means speaking in tongues. Sometimes you come into alignment with the Holy Ghost and you start saying what the Holy Ghost is saying in the <laughs> moment and you begin to speak things out of your mouth that you haven't even thought about before, but you will speak it in your own language so that you will understand what thus saith the Lord, what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. There's something very, very powerful about yielding ourselves right. to the Holy Spirit. There's a, there's a scripture where David talks about, he said, he made my feet like hinds feet mm. and he sets me up on my high place. Mm. And one of the reasons it's so powerful about praying in tongues is because when you pray in tongues, the Bible says that you really don't understand what you're saying, but you're speaking mysteries to God. But Paul said, that's why I pray in my spirit, but I also pray with my understanding. Because when you talk about a hind, what is a hind? A hind is a deer. It's a kind of deer, and it's a mountain deer. And what those little mountain deer have built into them naturally 
is what we call tracking. And uh, it's, it's very simple. When those little deer run through the mountains, their face, their eye can see a stable place where they can put their front foot and they put their foot down there. And when they put their front foot down and then they reach for the next space to bring their back feet, their back feet land exactly where their front foot was. That's awesome. Because they knew that was a stable territory. So here's what that, what that says to me is the Holy Spirit sees for me sometimes things that I can't see. And he gives me a stable place to put my foot down. And when the spirit releases me for my understanding to comprehend, my understanding comes and sits down in the same exact place where the spirit was sitting. And so now I'm in a stable place. And what that does is that ascends me up into the high places. And David said, he takes me into the high place. And the reason God would take you into the high place is because it's where you go birth your young. Mm. You don't birth them in the low place because that's where all the predators are. So you go to the high place to birth because you want to protect it. So God is (laughs) going to take us higher (laughs) so we can birth some stuff today. Amen. 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 Man, what do you think about all this stuff, babe? We've just been talking about the Spirit of the Lord. I know there's a lot rolling around in both of our spirits today. It's been good. Sunday was just so powerful. Mm. You know, the cleansing of uh, what Jesus has done for us. He's cleansed our our sins and, you know, the ultimate sacrifice. Yes. That now we can come with because of a sacrifice. um, Boldly. It just, and we can we're able to, we have been redeemed. Yeah. And yet we get to do, we get to choose in. Yeah. Um, so baptism being part of it and yes. and then just sending everything back to sender. That was so good. It was powerful. Yeah. We're going to talk about that a little bit today. And I'm glad you brought that up because I think it's really important for, for us to understand the difference. And um, I talked about it Sunday in the service, but I just want to take a moment to drive the point home for those that maybe were not in the service and you would like to understand the difference between repentance and remission. I think that's a huge understanding, um, and it and it's very good for us to understand uh, what that means. Because the where we get those two words is in the King James version. Uh, Peter said in Acts two thirty eight. You got to remember in Acts two, this is where the Holy Spirit has fallen. And the Bible says that they were in the upper room and suddenly there was a sound from heaven and it filled all the house where they were sitting and cloven tongues like as a fire began to set up on each of them. You can go read this in the second chapter of Acts. I'm just kind of quoting it here a little bit and paraphrasing it. But they they were sitting there and the cloven tongues of fire began to set up on each of them and they all began to speak with other tongues. And it spilled out into the streets evidently from the upper room and they couldn't contain the joy. And then all of the people in the streets began to freak out. How is it that we're hearing them speak in our language? Who are these people over here? Why are they talking in our language? And then somebody says, you know, well, they start making fun of, oh, they're just drunk. A bunch of drunk Christians down there are, are drunk believers, drunk Jewish people, and they're drunk. And Peter stood up with the 11, the Bible says, 
And he said, listen to me. He said, these guys are drunk. It's just not like you suppose. He said, the, you thinking about the man-made stuff. He said, but it's only the ninth hour of the day mm -hmm. or the third hour of the day. And he said, it was nine o'clock. He said, it's only the third hour of the day. It's not time to be drinking wine. He said, but they're, they're intoxicated on something totally different. And he said, what they're intoxicated in the word, the reason it, I like to think about it as an intoxication is because when people are intoxicated, they lose their faculty and their behavior changes. Right. And there's something about when God comes into a person's life, mm, you good. lose your faculty. You can't control everything. You can't just, uh, I mean, it's not like you're going to lose your mind. It's not like you're going to go crazy and do something weird, and, you know, jump off of a building or something stupid. But it's like, if you really yield to God, you let him take over you mm -hmm. and you let him take over your mind. You let him take over your emotions. And there's a strength that comes through that because in my weakness, his strength is made strong. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's literally what Paul was talking about. It's like, I'm weak because I don't know how to do this kind of stuff, but the Holy Spirit does and it shows his strength. And then Paul even said that we have this treasure in an earthen vessel so that the glory might be made manifest, not of us, but of God. This is God at work in us. And so when they begin to speak in tongues, they lose their faculty and they get intoxicated. They change their behavior. Their behavior is different. It's like, man, who is this guy? And those of you who have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit or had an encounter with God, have you ever gone back to work or someplace and somebody sees you after a while? Man, what's changed about you? Yeah, something, something different. different. Right, yeah. Right. And I think we've all experienced that on some level, you know. Right, right. And it's interesting because they, you know, the perception was, and it, it's interesting the, the what people think based on what they believe. Right. He thought they were drunk because that's the only thing that made sense. That's the only paradigm he that's had. That's the only perception he had. And it's and it, with Christians, you know, um, it is based, our perception has increased because we know we have this gift. Yes. That we, we, we can achieve, we can access because of his sacrifice. Right. So it's, it's just um, the grace that God has given us to be able to access and walk us through and allow the Holy Spirit to guide us. And to allow the Holy Spirit to yeah. speak and become in yeah. alignment and speak what he we what he has asked and what we want uh, to reach out to him as well. Amen. This is John 14. This yeah. is where Jesus said, hey, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm going to send you a comforter. I'm going to send you an advocate. I'm going to send somebody to help you. Right. In fact, I'm not going to just send you anybody. He said, I myself will come. And my father will come. Ultimately, he said, We're, you're going to get all of us. Right. You're going to get, because you got to understand, God doesn't give himself in pieces. Mm, he, gives, he gives himself wholly. And, and the Bible says that he gives the spirit without measure. Mm. He doesn't limit it because God cannot limit himself. He is God. He is just God. And so when he comes in, he's just full. He's, he's there. And, um, but the Bible says that while they were making fun of them and they're talking about them and they're like, you know, what are these people doing? They're intoxicated. They're drunk. You know, it's Peter gets up and starts preaching and he tells them, this is that 
which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. And he starts telling them what Joel said in the second chapter of Joel. Now, last week we talked about the right. second chapter of Joel. That's why I'm so excited about being here today because we talked about the second chapter of Joel, but the reality is Peter prophesied in the second chapter of Acts, the second chapter of Joel. He said, this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel, that in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And you know how much all flesh is? It's all flesh. You know what all means in the Greek? It means all. So anybody who is willing to receive him, he is willing to pour himself out on you and in you and be in you and through you. It's very powerful. So Peter preaches this, and when he gets through preaching, the Bible says that all these people that were standing around that were making fun, making light, and just watching and trying to figure this out, what is this new thing? Now think about this. This is really powerful to me. This shows how God works so powerfully. 120 people in an upper room receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They come out. The community is freaked out by what is happening. And Peter, with 11 guys, stands up and begins to preach to them. This is that which was spoken of by the prophet. And the Bible says that when they heard these things, when they heard this, that they were pierced in their heart. And they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brethren, what shall we do? What do we do to be saved? And because you got to understand this, this is so powerful that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When they heard that, they had the faith to step into something they had never done before. Peter, how do we get in here? Brethren, what do we do to walk through this door? How do we get to experience? And watch what God does. In one moment, he multiplies. This, this is, so we, we want God to add to us, add to us, add to us. You got to understand, stop talking add. God multiplies. Right. He multiplies. And he went from 120 to 3,000 people received the baptism of the Holy Spirit right there in the courtyards around the upper room. That's powerful. That's powerful. Yeah, when God moves, he doesn't do, he, he moves big. Yeah, he don't do it halfway, no, no, no. does he? And I'm looking for those 3,000 days. Right. I'm looking for those 5,000. Those, And the Bible says that he continued to add to the church daily such as should be saved. And you know, the Bible says that all you got to do is believe that he is and call on his name. And when you call on his name, you get to experience all of him. Right. He comes to you in power, in, in, in purity and in authority. And watch this. The Bible says, when they ask, what do we do? Then Peter said to them, repent, every one of you. He said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive this gift of the Holy Ghost. It's a gift. 
You don't work for it. Right. You don't labor for it. God has got a gift. He says, all I need you to do is believe that I'm he, whom the Father sent. And he said, and then I need you to change your ways. And so let's talk about that a little bit, babe, because repentance, I believe, is a lifelong journey. Absolutely. It's a lifelong journey. We're born uh, into iniquity, conceived in iniquity and born into sin, David said. Uh, we're, we're all born into um, an unregenerate knowledge of the of perception of the way things are in the world. You don't have to teach a kid to lie. They can lie. They can, they pick that little stuff up so quick. They figure out, you know, I just don't tell you what you asking for <laughs> and then I don't get in trouble. Yeah, and it's like, we have to teach them to not lie because it is in our nature to sin already. Right. Right. So he says, the first thing Peter says is that we have to repent. And let's talk about that for a minute, babe, because repentance and repentance is, is very powerful, but repentance is not coming to an altar and saying, I'm sorry. That's not repentance. Saying I'm sorry is not repentance at all. It that's that's like being in trouble because you got caught, you know, and being sorry because somebody found out. You have to say something, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Repent, and even with sorry, and we we say that also, there has to it has to come with changed behavior. Yes. It's not just a word, you know. It's just anybody can say anything. Right. But there has to be change. There has to be changed behavior that matches what they're doing and what exactly. they're stepping into. And so, yes, it is a, a daily, uh, daily uh, task for us to live and to do, but we get to choose sin. See, that yeah. was, that's what happened here too. I mean, they were coming up here and say, Hey, how do we get, I want, how do I get this? And it is, so, a choice. it is a choice, you know, it's something. So the question is, are we leaning in and right. are we choosing in? Uh, so we're not just going to receive it by sitting on the couch and not doing anything and not right. It, there was a thirst, there was I want, and I want change. And so we want to walk that way as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. Repent says, not not just I'm sorry, but there is a changed behavior that matches what you're walking into and what you're stepping into. Absolutely. We use the word repentance as the, as the idea, excuse me, of turning. But it's not just turning because you can turn and just keep on coming around too. You know, it's like, it's, I, I used to love that. I think it was the comedian, Steve Harvey, that said, you know, I know that when you slap me, I was supposed to turn the other cheek and I'm going to turn the other cheek. But when I come back around, you better be, you know, it's like, because I'm going to come all the way around. It's, uh, <clears throat> the truth is we can turn and we can just keep on turning. Right. And, you know, repentance is not just constantly turning. Repentance is, what's this? Literally, there's a one word in the Hebrew that looks like a little teepee with a little porch on it, which means like a house. And then there's a, a, a straight piece with a little curly cue on either side of it that looks like a little firebrand or a little, you know, flame of fire. And it literally means to burn the house down. That repentance literally is leaving nothing to return to. 
when I repent, I cut it off. Right. It's done. I don't do that anymore. It's like the prodigal son. He was in the pig pen, but when he left, he didn't carry a bucket of slop with him. Right. He went to his father's house and he left everything there. And he went back to his father's house and returned and his father restored him to his rightful place instantly. And this is the thing that I think we miss as the church so many times is that repentance is a process of walking out daily behavioral changes because, and, and, and let me just say this to you because those of you who are, who are watching this, there's a difference between, you know, tripping and falling because the Bible says that a righteous man will fall seven times, but he gets up, but he gets back up, right. but he gets back up, but he gets back up. There's something about getting back up. There's something about walking on. In other words, not staying in a lifestyle right. of unregenerate behavior. Don't stay in a lifestyle of sin, but come out of that sin behavior and change, burn the house down, leave nothing to go back to. So in a practical sense, um, Dr. Noemi, as we uh, try to work this through in our lives, in a practical sense, how do people change behavior? That's one of the hardest things in the world to do. Yeah, for all of us. Just, and some of it you can't do. you got to let God do. God, yeah, just trust in. And the first thing, it has to be a, a want, a will of yes. wanting to change. And it's in the process of getting up. What did you learn? What did you, what don't you? And that's why they tell you sometimes you learn through difficult times because it it took everything out of control. And it says, okay, mm -hmm. I don't want to repeat this season again. Right. I don't want to go through this again. What, what what can I do different? Then all, everything is engaged. That's when change happens. Yeah. What was the process? You know, what did I learn? What do I do want? I do not want to repeat. I don't want to live through. I don't want to see again. And so change happens because the cost was big enough. Right. The pain was strong enough that we want something different. So it's, it's, and the reason we go back to what we know is because that's what we know. That's comfort. We it's access comfort. it. It's comfort. And so... You know, we don't get back up. We stay where we were, yeah. and that's so. It's and we're about, not having to learn anything new. No, and 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 it's it's uncomfortable. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. But to we, go back to the old patterns, though, means I'm not trying to learn anything new. I'm not having to learn anything new. I can just go back here, and this is easy. Easy. I know this. Yeah, I, I got this, this down. Yeah, I've got this. I've mastered it. I've done it for twenty years, for thirty years. Yeah. However, you know, old you are, forty years, forty. You know, it it's a comfortable because that's how we're set by having defaults and part of that is this is the way I've always done it. So is this why they say that failure is a better teacher than success? Than success because in failure you learn process. Yeah. You learn change. You learn how to make things different. Um, you know, with anyone that's had a business, you know, we even know people that um, Elon Musk, how many times did he try to get to a point until he became su successful? We right. fell when we stopped trying. Right. Real failure is quitting. Quitting, you know, that, that's it. This, yeah. is all, this is all I know. This is the way I've all, and that's when you get the, the word, this is the way I've always been. Yeah, right. I've always been like this. I've always done this. That's what I've always chosen to stay in. Yeah. And so it's just about changing behavior. So it is a daily 
It's a daily task. It's yeah. a daily uh, wanting to change. We have to come with that spirit of, I want something. That, what can I do? How can we access that? I want Holy Spirit. I want Holy Spirit to be with me. Um, and, and you know that because things changes. And it's like when you talk about escalating, you ascend to another level. And right. that sometimes when you talk to people or you pray for them, you want to, where did that come from? It's right. because you've gone to where you're ascending that God is speaking through you. Yep. And that's what we want to be. We want to be in that change behavior constantly. It, it, no one has ever said it's easy. Right. And it's not easy. It is a daily process. It a daily process. It's just you've got to want You to. say, where do you get the idea that it's a daily process? Repentance is a daily process. I will take you straight to the Lord's Prayer. Mm. Our Father, which art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Forgiveness is a part of repentance. Repentance is a part of forgiveness. It all walks hand in hand because I have to change my behavior so I stop incurring those debts. <laughs> if that makes sense. So it's a daily process, a daily learning. I can be prayed up, fasted up, holy, sanctified, and somebody asks me the wrong question, and we let one of those little white lies slip out. Trigger. And then you have to find yourself going back. You know what? Let me straighten something out with you, because I actually lied to you. And I don't know why I lied to you. I have no reason. I have no excuse. I'm just going to tell you, I lied and I'm sorry. And so we change our behavior when we own things. Right. It's faster because the other route takes you into a deeper spiral. Oh, and then, you know, it's like, it's like that lie that you got one line, then you got to cover up another one. And then it's, it just becomes bigger and bigger before you know it. And it's it just easier just to own. And it's difficult for, you know, it's difficult because it's like, oh, it is. Man, what? Then you go into, what are they going to think? Oh, why did I do that? You know, and you start playing all these other additional tapes when you were right. little, how you got in trouble, what your parents told you, uh, what they meant. It's an it's an action. It doesn't identify you. That And that's right. the thing, that behaviors can be changed. It's not who we are because who we are, God created us to be loving human beings. Right. That's who we are. Everything else is learned and it's their actions, but we we criticize people based on their actions right not of who they are and so it's just about just owning things when they come from owning you know and, and i tell my kids all the time and they they know this when they were little i was i would always tell them you know tell me what happened tell me the truth because i know where we stand you tell me a lie there's no foundation and, right. that, and god sees it that way god sees everything yeah. that we do yeah and so yeah. we we get to own things we get to change behavior because that moves us into another place of growth. Right. And you don't get the lie to God. No. You don't get everything. the lie to God. He knows anyway. And he's just going to sit there and pat his foot and look at you. Like you said, what? I'm mm -hmm. waiting on it. Yeah, waiting on it. So <laughs> watch this. And I want to hurry through this. And, and and maybe we'll talk more about this in the, in the next uh, video or something. But... Peter said to them, repent. And then he said, and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Remission, let me just say this very quickly, is from the root word remit, which literally means to return to the originator 
or return to the sender. So back in the day when your grandmama and your mama and all of them got their bills and they wrote out their little checks and stuff, there was a little portion that they would tear off of the bill, but it, it had a little statement, remit this portion with your payment. Remit or send this in remission. So what does this mean that when I get baptized, Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. Watch this. When I repent, I am forgiven of my sin. But the effects of the sin are still in my life. Yeah. Watch this. The stains are still there. The scars are still there. And so Jesus said it like this. He said, it actually is God talking through Isaiah. He said, come, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. If you walk into my house and I have a white rug in my house and you have a glass of red Kool-Aid or wine or something and you spill it on my carpet and you say, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm going to immediately get the stuff and begin to blot it and say, you know what? Don't even worry about it. Don't think another thought about it. You're forgiven. No problem. All is done. You're forgiven, but the stain is still in my carpet. And the only way to get the stain out of the carpet is to get it in touch with an agent that is stronger than the stain. That's, so That's why when you get in the water... In Jesus' name, you go down one way, but you come up another way. Just like Jesus went in the tomb one way, but he came out another way. Oh, you say, oh, I don't know if he came out another way or not. What do you mean he came out another way? He came out another way because all of a sudden he's not opening doors. He's walking through walls. He's just showing up in rooms. Right. He's just appearing because he was changed. Something happened when he went down. And that's what he's letting us know. He said, you identify with Christ. In that moment, you identify with his death, burial, and resurrection through water baptism. So I encourage you, get in a house where they will baptize you in the name of the Lord Jesus. Get in a house where they will put you in that water and bring you out. You've repented. You've been struggling through some stuff in your life and you don't know why. I'm telling you, if you get the stain of sin out of your life, the smell of sin, the the ugliness of sin, the scars of sin, all of that, if you get it out of your life, things will change for you. And guess what? And the promise is, and you will receive, or you shall receive, it says in the King James, the gift of the Holy Ghost. I pray that God baptize you in the Holy Ghost, even while you're watching in this moment right now. So Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for the promise that you will help us change our behavior, God. We thank you, Lord, that we can repent and we can be baptized and get all of those past sins remitted, God, that the stain is gone and our life is pure and white. Though our sins be as scarlet, 
they shall be white as snow. God, we thank you that you gave us an agent that is stronger than the sin. And that is that old watery grave in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you for it and we receive everything you have for us. We receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name. I bless you today. May the Lord bless you, keep you, gift you, smile upon you, look you full in your face, and cause you to prosper as you filled with the Holy Ghost in Jesus' name. God bless you. We'll see you back here next week. Take me to that sea.